Welcome to the Divine Feminine Revolution Podcast, where women are magical and empowered. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Monday, psychologist turned transformational feminine business coach. This podcast is for you if you want to prioritize your own pleasure, face your fears, and manifest your desires. This podcast is sponsored by the Fearless Feminine Academy, where I teach women how to turn their trauma into their superpowers. My goal is to show women that we can heal our world by creating time and financial freedom by doing whatever the fuck we want. Are you ready for the divine feminine revolution? Let's get vulnerable and go deep. I'm so honored that you're here. I am seriously like fired up about this interview. I cannot wait to talk to you because I know you have so many uh, just ways to like reclaim who we really are by facing our fear. So I'll just let you um, kind of do a brag intro, whatever that looks like for you. Okay, well, I'm bragging that I'm doing this with you right now. I'm so excited. I love having conversations. So I am bragging that I get to do one of my favorite things, um, which is talk about witch bitch whore. Um, So I'm super, 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 super celebrating that. Yay. So like, what does that mean? You just said like three naughty words. Like, tell us all about it. Well, I really have chosen these words uh, pretty, well, whore in particular, very specifically because they are such triggering words. So the work that I do, I do women's empowerment work and um, liberation really is is the name of the game as far as I'm concerned. And uh, through my own work with myself, I realized that these words literally sit over power centers for women that we have been shamed about, that we have been terrified to tap into, that we are literally women will say to me like I want to work with you and I'm so scared I'm scared of what will happen if I reconnect to witch I reconnect to bitch and I reconnect to whore like I'm gonna lose control you know and so it's really um women's liberation work that that is behind this because I believe that witch maps to our spiritual power and I believe that women have um more spiritual gifting Uh, Men, I think, have, you know, more of the physical power here on this plane in this earth. And women's power, I think, really is uh, also very strongly in the spiritual sense. So this is where witch is. And you don't have to reclaim the word witch. I'm doing that uh, because it scares me, literally. Uh, This was the hardest one for me to own, uh, to call myself a witch. Um, It actually was the reason I even started doing this work in the first place, because I was working in a group called The Coaching Coven. And the word coven scared me. I was coming out of Hollywood. I used to be a Hollywood executive for about 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like in, in, I like literally work in Los Angeles in the entertainment industry forever. So, you know, I'm shifting into a completely new uh, area of work. And a lot of people are like, what in the hell is Aiden doing, right? Because this is not how they know me. I used to negotiate deals for a living, um, partnership deals with advertisers um, for movies and TV shows. And so... Um, 
I had just transitioned out of that and a friend of mine was running this group and she's like one of the most epic coaches, medicine women that I know who's been claiming the word witch. And she said to us, this group of women, it was like, I think five or six coaches. She said, I don't care what you call yourself, but you have to claim the word witch. And I was like, fuck no, I am not doing this. Like if I have the word witch next to my name, I will never work in Hollywood again. Right? Like if my backup plan was to go back. And so if I, claim which this was what was going on inside of me then i will never be able to do the work that i used to do right i'll be like run out of hollywood um and i started having all these um you know visions of being like hunted you know and killed and like the terror of this word was so powerful and these other women were all like in the spiritual industry right so they were like oh sure which no problem and it was as i was really coming forward and going, okay, I can do this. I can do this. I can make a public post about this. I can put, a ta you know, Amy the whatever witch. You know, we were supposed to call her, you know, Amy the adventurous witch. You know, um, and I was really like struck by the fear that came up when it came to this word. Like it's a word, right? It's a word that we have collectively given a definition to. And that's the same with the other words that I'm reclaiming. We have collectively given definitions to these words. And because of the collective definition, they terrorize us. We are in fear of these words. We are so terrified that someone will call us one of these words that we literally repress ourselves just so somebody we don't even know might not think that we're a bitch, right? Exactly. Or a whore. God forbid, right? A whore. So it was in claiming which, and I remember we were in a little chat group and I finally was like, I'm, I'm doing it. And one of the, we were making funny hashtags and this woman did a hashtag back to me and she goes, hashtag, you know, witch, bitch, whore, what else you got? I'm going to make them all holy. And at that moment, it was just like, boom, I got like divine guidance was like, you're not just reclaiming witch, you're reclaiming bitch and whore too, all at the same time. And I was like, fuck you, divine guidance. I'm not doing this shit. Like, no. And so this has really been my journey of, first of all, the divine guidance wouldn't stop telling me to reclaim them. You know, like, I don't know how you receive messages, right? From, from. They're in your you face know. and they don't make sense, right? Like, and the people no. are like, have you lost your shit? Like, what is getting, yes. this is what you're talking about. You're leaving a successful like Hollywood career to like go be witch bitch whore. Well, yeah, that's your divine mission. You can't argue with a divine mission. Right. The universe will just start, start cutting all that stuff away if you won't do it. <laughs> and that's the thing, right? It was just like, it was kind of a nonstop, like drumbeat in my head, continuously saying, you have to do this. And I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what it meant. I bought witchbitchwar.com. It was surprisingly available. Um, nobody had snapped that one up. And, uh, <laughs> and so I didn't really know what it was. It was just this message. And so this has been, you know, my work for the last probably 18 months has been, well, frankly, my whole life, right? Because if I look back, you know, if you look back in your life and you kind of see the thread of where divine guidance was leading you the whole time. And, you know, this is an unusual calling, maybe, I don't know, it's an awesome one, but it's, you know, so it's been, it's been kind of a nonstop experience of, you know, working with fear and the context of courage, right? So, I work with the three principles I work with a lot are courage, authenticity, and vulnerability. Um, because to stand here and like, I mean, I do, and it's, it's been an evolution sort of, of how I've been able to stand in these words and what does it mean and how do I communicate that? Um, you know, I did a post recently that, you know, I put on my own page saying I'm pro whore and the courage it took for me to do that on my own page uh, was huge, right? Because 
I believe that women should be allowed if they are like sex work is such a broad term, you know, people who are sex coaches get categorized as, you know, like it's sex work. Um, and so I believe that a woman should be able to do whatever work she chooses to do legally, you know, without harassment, you know, with honor and respect, right? Whatever that might be. It might not be what I might choose to do for, for work, but, you know, I can't stand here and claim whore if I do not support women, you know, who are actually, you know, work in the sex industry, right? That, that's, you know, they're some of the most shamed um, of all, right? And this is about working with fear and shame, you know? Oh my God. Some of my favorite things. Um, yeah. <laughs> some of my favorite things are fear and shame. <laughs> uh, like getting rid of them. Right. And I think, yeah, right, right. Right. Like which bitch whore has definitely like, you know, no one wants to be called a bitch. And so then we like are in this little like thin sliver of like, we can't, a lot of times we feel like we're not good enough. And then as soon as we cross over into healthy self-esteem, we feel like, Oh, I'm like too much. And so it's just like right. this impossible sliver of like, we can't take up any space without being too much or too little. And so it's like such a double exactly. line for women. And I think it's like so much headspace is caught up in like, whether it's appearance or whether it's like identity or like speaking your truth or whatever it is, um, we get so tangled up in that. And I love that you're coming out with the witch piece in particular, because I definitely identify as a witch. And that's why my therapy people would get better because I am like a freaking healer. And so I'm doing therapy, but I, as a psychologist, but I also am like a witch and a healer. And so I can move that stuff better than someone who's not a witch, you know? And so I think coming out with that is so powerful. And what I always explore with my people is I think a lot of our visibility wounds as witches or healers or whatever you want to call it is because we have had past lives where we were hunted down as witches. And it sounds like that really came up for you. And so sometimes it's current life trauma, but I think a lot of times it's past life trauma. And at the very least, you know, that's in our like ancestral lineage and yeah. trauma, collective trauma um, around the, you know, women have been kept down for our wisdom. Exactly. You know, and it, it really is, you know, when I'm talking about this, like the words are a part of it. Right. And, and every woman gets to, first of all, I'm not saying any woman has to call themselves a witch or a bitch or a whore. Right. Like I'm doing that. Right. I call myself the horacle. Um, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm having fun with something that's actually really serious, right? And, um, you know, really exploring what it means to reclaim the powers that map in, in, you know, from my standpoint to these words. So, you know, which is your spiritual power, your energetic power, um, could be your intuition, right? Um, also the word, witch doesn't have to be the word somebody reclaims. It could be intuitive. It could be healer. It could be wise woman, you know, it could be crone, it could be whatever it is that you want. You could be a witch. Um, and I also think it's important really to look at witch in a, in a really broad sense, because it's not just about, you know, the European lineage of witches, right? Not just white witches, right? There are witches all over the world in all countries, right? It, it, it really is probably, you know, which is a little bit of a made up thing that kind of came out of the, um, you know, I'm thinking it's like the middle ages is the time period I want to call it, you know, where the witch hunting was actually happening. These women were not like actual like witches flying on broomsticks. This is all Hollywood, Hollywoodization of, of, uh, of a concept, right? And so this is really connection to spiritual power, to working with your intuition, working with divine guidance, working with spirit in whatever way that, you know, 
uh, appears to you because some some people it's God, some people it's goddess, some people it's you know they work with ascended masters. Like I, I you know everyone there's as many kinds of witches mm-hmm. as there are women in my opinion. So um, you know and I really am looking at it's the empowered aspects that we're reclaiming or I am versus disempowered. Right? It, this I think you can see a lot with bitch. So there's a disempowered bitch which is kind of, I, I would say the classic bitch, which is a woman who has like really, I think in a lot of ways repressed her anger against herself. And then it is so constant, right? Like the criticism and the, the blame and the, you know, all of that, and then gets projected out, you know, into the world. I call this a bitch bomb, right? When you just blow up because you can no longer hold yourself back from speaking because so many times women do not speak right? You were talking about this, like, am I too big? Am I too small? When is enough? Like, I don't know. Cause like women were taught not to be big. We're taught not to be bold. We're taught not to take up space and be loud. Right. And if we You're do, right. we're called witch bitch whore, right? Exactly. One of those three, like how many times has a woman been called one of those three words because she does not want to have a drink with some guy that she doesn't even know at a bar. Right. You know, I've been called a witch a bitch and a whore uh, because I didn't want to take some uh, attention from a male, right? And it has nothing to do with him. It's just like, this is the space I'm in right now and I'm not open to this. That doesn't mean I'm a bitch or a whore, you know? Just you stupid whore, <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like, so it's, it's so in a sense too, it's also, some of it is desensitizing ourselves to these words so that if we do get called it, it's like, yeah, that's right. I am a bitch. You know, I'm the best bitch I can be Um, or, you know, whatever it is so that because they're word weapons, Mm -hmm. right? There's an energy behind the word. And a lot of times, you know, there was a whole thing with with AOC with her being called, uh, I think it was the term was fucking bitch, um, you know, on the steps of the the Capitol building by a colleague. Uh, I mean, how many women have been called that, you know, at work, just on the street, walking down the street, minding your own business, you know? this is just a common experience for us. So, you know, some of it is reclaiming the the power. So bitch is, um, for me, is your mental, emotional, and sort of physical power, your embodiment, how you show up in the world, how you put your boundaries. I like to work with the concept of a compassionate bitch because it's being clear about what you will and won't allow in your space and saying it in a way, you know, that can be well heard. Sometimes you have to yell at people, you know, sometimes that happens, but you know, the first step is to just be clear, have a very clear conscious conversation with regard to what you're up for and what you're not. Um, and it's not about the other person being wrong. It's just, I'm not available for that. I don't allow this, whatever. That's so huge, especially in the online space, because, you know, people will like uphold the patriarchy. Like a lot of what I get is like, oh, well, what about men? Why do you have to tear men down to do the work that you're doing? And I'm like, I'm not necessarily tearing men down if men are part of the patriarchy, if they're holding those values. And yeah, maybe I'm speaking directly to them. Um, But I'm like, okay, so you're speaking out for the patriarchy, but like, who's going to speak out for you? That's like my job. (laughs) That's who I'm speaking out for is the people that have been silenced, the people that have been hurt by these things. You know, so I think it's just so important um, because, and people I think are not even conscious because they've been programmed. And so they're just spewing what's been spewed on them or whatever. And these word weapons can stop, like, you know, especially if you're a highly sensitive person, if you're a healer or whatever, empathic, you know, it, it can stop you in your tracks. And, yeah. you know, to really be successful, I think in the online space, you, you got to be super brave, right? And you have to kind of be shameless. Yeah. 
I, I really, I mean, that's been my own personal experience. And, you know, I'm building a business called Witch Bitch Whore. Um, so in a sense, one of the reasons that I'm doing it um, is so that I can be a demonstration for women, you know, because there's a lot of women who are afraid in the online space to talk about what they actually really do. Yeah. Or they want to do something, but they're afraid. Mm -hmm. right to call themselves like you know you're you're owning witch loud and proud there are women who are intuitive healers and they're terrified to even use the word intuitive because that word is so associated with the concept of witch and the kind of witch that people get terrified by right because this programming you 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 mentioned this and and you know this is what you studied right so it's like the programming that we have that is so unconscious that goes back centuries Mm -hmm. centuries millennia in some cases so we have ancestral programming that makes it so that we believe that women are not allowed to do certain things that if we do certain things a, a particular way you know it's been so much conditioning from um let's call it the dominator culture mm -hmm. um you know the patriarchy so much conditioning from uh the idea that in order to have power in this world you must have power over others right and that's how you, you know, that's how power is determined in a lot of ways in this world. I have power over you, right? And that's that's a dominator kind mm -hmm. of concept. Um, and, and it's what most of our world is based on right now. And the programming runs so deep that it's, it's you know, even the concept of what is feminine, right? And I really love playing with the concept of female power. Um, I like to use the word female more than feminine because feminine, I think, has a context to it that not every woman wants to wear, you know, fluffy dresses and float around, you know, doing whatever. There are women's, like, there are so many ways to demonstrate, you know, female power and what a woman looks like, acts like, holds herself. How does she hold herself, right? It's how do you want to hold yourself? You know, not how am I supposed to, what am I supposed to look like? You know, I, I did a post on what would sexy be without the patriarchy? Mm. What'd you come up with? I don't know. Cause I don't think anybody knows yet. Right. Because none of us have ever existed in a space where we have not been conditioned by what the patriarchy says that sexy is right. Lingerie, you know, like uh, stripper culture right now is, is really big. And um, there's a whole reclamation of that. And it's really fascinating because is, you know, and it's a question I, I ask myself and ask others, uh, is what we're doing performative? Mm -hmm. Is it performative sexuality for your pleasure versus mine? Because exactly. women have been taught we are here to please you, not ourselves. Totally. And I think that's where like prioritizing pleasure, you know, we can like check all these boxes and we can try to be perfect and overachieve. And that's kind of what happened to me. I got the PhD. I had the successful business. I was like a mom and the family and lake house. And then I was like, I have just run myself ragged and I'm not doing what I truly, truly want. And so that's like the story for so many people. And maybe this happened to you in Hollywood. It's like, this is not personally fulfilling. It's like a should, you know, and exactly. so really releasing that and like putting your own pleasure first, even if it seems like crazy, you know? And so I love, that's why yours is so bold. Like the fact that you could create like such a successful business around like which tour, you know, it's like once you're immune to someone calling you that, like there's nothing really that can stop you right? No, no, it really, there isn't. And it's, and it's also, um, you know, what I'm doing too is, is you can call your business, whatever you want. You can claim whatever you want. You do not have to claim what I'm claiming. I'm going for like literally the hardest, most triggering, you know, concepts and content, 
uh, because one, I believe it's the fastest way to reconnect women with their power, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, horror is obviously your, your, your sexual power, um, you know, your connection to pleasure, to desire, um, because pleasure and desire are such, can be such dirty words, right? I really struggled to even say the word pleasure, right? Because I felt like it was dirty. It was wrong. Being in pleasure, oh, you're a whore, right? And so it was just this mental construct that I really had to, to overcome. And the concept of desire, even saying that word too bugged me, you know, because I was raised Catholic and, you know, you're a virgin or you're a whore. And I quickly fell in with the whores. And, you know, so, you know, there's no redemption. You have no redemption. Once you're a whore, always a whore, right? And so, it's just this really interesting concept of working with pleasure and desire, you know, how to feel good. And I'm not just talking about sexually, I'm talking about just in general, like existing in your skin as a woman, because so many women are in fear almost all the time because of the world that we live in and, and the restrictions that we have on us. And, you know, the fear of judgment of others and rejection of total strangers. And the fact that total strangers can literally say stuff to us and in some cases, like grab us or touch us or, you know, get in our personal space that most women experience trauma just being a woman on earth, you know? So it's like, how do we, you know, break free from this so that we can stand there and say what we want and we can be big. And when people come at us and say, you're not allowed to do that, we can say, thank you for your opinion. I'm doing it, you know, and that takes work. I sound really confident right now, but when someone comes at me and says, what you're doing is wrong, you know, it hurts. Mm -hmm. I get scared. I'm like, oh my God, am I doing the wrong thing? Am I going to get in trouble? Is everybody going to hate me? You know, can I still do this? And then I'm like, work with myself. And I'm like, okay, brush yourself off, mm -hmm. get up, go call yourself a whore again. You know, like keep going, you know? So it's, 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 my personal growth work it's the work that i do um with others you know this is like i live my work you know i walk that talk every day you know because it's to me it's so important mm -hmm. you know that we are what we say that you know we are a demonstration of what we say that we stand for um you know because so many people don't do that you know they're not authentic so how has being like unapologetic and putting your pleasure first, like transformed your life? Like what, what has it done for you? Oh my gosh. It's like, I feel like I'm becoming, you know, one of the lines I use a lot is, you know, who would you be if you were born free? Who would you be if you were born free? And I'm on that mission to discover what that is. So the more that I can unapologetically stand there and say, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. And to reclaim pleasure Mm -hmm. uh, to, to, to do what I'm doing and feel good about it, right? To feel good, to celebrate, right? These concepts that are so foreign to us as women, because we, we often will not celebrate, you know, the whole concept of bragging, you know, which comes, I think originally, I don't know if it's originally from Mama Gina or not, but a lot of people work with it, um, you know, and, and celebration is a, is a version of, of, of it, right? Bragging is even like, oh God, what is she doing? you know, it's like, that's gross, you know, women don't do that, you know, and so to just be really able to do and be energetically 
things that we have traditionally not been or done, it feels so good. It feels so good. So good. And, you know, it makes me think of, I was in a mastermind call with Crystal Langdon, who's, who's part of the community and we were doing brags and my daughter was in the backseat and she was like, you're not allowed to brag. Bragging is bad. And I was like, oh honey, we need to have a talk right now. We're, you know, we need to correct this notion. And so like, who taught us that, you know, like who taught us that we had to like self-sacrifice and put everybody needs first with no regard to our own happiness, you know? And so I, I totally feel that mission of like rewriting the narrative for, for women to say that we can take up all the space, that we can brag and that we can have sexual pleasure. I mean, I think that's part of your, um, you know, bitch, witch, whore. Uh, so t- tell me about the horacle part. Does that have like a particular meaning? Like, yeah, I mean, it does. First of all, it's fun to say, yeah. um, <laughs> Number one, uh, and it really is sort of the work that that I do, um, which is I do work intuitively with people, and I receive guidance. You know, when I am in session with people, so I am working with spirit, right, with source. When I'm having conversations with people, and you know, I oracle for them, I, you know, work with them, listen to them, feel into them, and receive guidance. For them, so that part of the sessions that I do, I am working with with divine guidance and with spirit. Um, I'm I'm a trained, uh, you know, coaching is such an interesting word, but I literally have. A, it took me three years actually to get this certification. I worked with Ianla Van Zandt, who is in my opinion, love her. Like, oh my yeah, one like I went to her school. She has a school called Inner Visions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's epic. It's like going to spiritual boot camp. And so, um, you know, I I had two years of a personal development program that I had to complete before they would even allow me to go into the coaching program. Um, and it's a coaching program. She teaches uh, one of the, the classes that we had there, which is the coaching class, right? She was our instructor for that. And, you know, when you have her like observing you coaching other people, it's like the pressure is like, like so great, right? Cause you're literally working with, in my opinion, one of the greatest living masters, you know, at this yeah. art form. The art of coaching and so um that school is very focused with working with spirit right with god um with goddess you know whatever it is the form that that you know you choose to call it and so um it really was opening myself up to that that energy um and because so much of this witch bitch whore has been divinely guided i feel like i'm working with an energy you know who's asking me to reclaim this and if she if i were to feel into what she feels like it's a very primal very ancient goddess you know energy that i work with so i am her oracle like i am here giving her message to the women of earth on her behalf so that's why i call myself the oracle um I love it so much. We did an episode yesterday just talking about channeling and so how much like sort of like baggage and fears around that. Um, and that's what I love so much about consulting with psychics or getting intuitive business coaching is like, you know, when it's divinely inspired, like it can just like, that's when the miracles happen. You can have yeah. this in perspective or you can do this, like just a line strategy that just like sets everything on fire. Right. Yeah, I do. I mean, I call it channeling when I, I, I speak, right? And I'm, I'm working with getting more and more comfortable doing this. So the way I work with it from a channeling concept is I'll, I'll give myself a topic and then I'll just, what comes through, 
right? You know, what, you know, because a lot of the times I'll listen to myself back, I'm like, where did that come from? That sounded so good. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know who was saying that, but I'm saying it, but it's not me. Um, you know, so it's it's been a journey for me to get comfortable with that, you know, to get comfortable just allowing myself to open up and receive um, the best way I could describe it is it's, yeah, it's channeling. It's, it's receiving, you know, information. Some of it's coming from my knowledge, you know, that I have studied or my lived experience. Uh, and some of it is just literally, I don't know where it comes from, you know? So being able to even talk about it with you took me a while to even get to the point where I could even say that that's what's happening. Right. Cause it sounds, it sounded so weird and scary, even though it's not. When I find that those channeled messages, you know, when spirits talking through you, like the language does activate people. And so like a lot of times they do get triggered or whatever. And then if you go back and try to understand it on a logical level, like you just have to really trust that like, this is your divine mission, which is what you embody in such a powerful way. And why I feel so drawn to you. It's just like, you're magnetic because you are speaking your truth no matter what. And I think that's like the ultimate power play. And it just gets me like so excited and juiced up about it. Yeah. Yeah. And magnetic, it's really an important words so I just want to like yeah. get that for a second um uh you know other words that I work with right in in what I do magnetic is one of the words powerful you know and authentic like that's how I want my message to be um and magnetism as a concept is really important for women and something it's like what is magnetism right what is drawing people to you? What is, you know, being able to, you know, kind of be like a light that, you know, like how the moths come to the, come to the flame. Yeah. You know, how does one be the light for their people? You know, cause you are sending out a signal to your people. You know, my people might not be the same as your people, right? Uh, there's a lot of women doing you know, women's empower. I'm, I, I would, if I had to call myself, you know, what I am, it's a, an empowerment, embodiment, mm -hmm. an expression, you know, coach, working with people to, to really um, step into their power, embody their message, and express themselves authentically and unapologetically. Um, and, you know, people are expressing different things. Um, even though we might be doing similar work, my people, and my stepmother says this, uh, has said this to me once when I was explaining to my, you know, I had to talk to my parents about this before I did this, of course, my brother, and I had to have like four conversations with my brother, so he finally got it. He's like, okay, I think I get it. Like, why are you calling yourself poor? Like, I don't, you know, I don't get it. And so my stepmother said to me, um, she said, okay, I get it. She goes, it's not my cup of tea. You know, it's not my cup of tea. And I was like, okay, it's not her cup of tea. I am not a lot of people's cup of tea. You might not be somebody else's cup of tea, or you might be exactly the tea that they're looking for. And they're like, oh my God, I found the tea I always wanted, you know, or whiskey or margarita or whatever it is, you know, that your cup of whatever is. Um, but just also being able to know that I'm magnetic. I'm turning on that power of attraction, which is a very female quality and one that we have been shamed out of because it seems witchy and dangerous right mm -hmm. the seductress mm -hmm. you know kind of like samson and delilah like women ruining men right this 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 myth 
that, you know, well, just, and all the men ruining the women, let's be honest. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's, it's a really fascinating thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, what are we, what are we doing? Right. Just like, how do we step back and look at what we're doing and why, you know, why is it so scary to be magnetic? Why is it so scary to be in your authentic sexuality? Um, a lot of women are like, I'm terrified to connect with that because I'll lose control and like ruin everything. Mm. Really? Okay. Yeah. I get that fear, right? Because we have a fear. If we connect to the power, we will, we will, we will not be controllable anymore. Good. Yeah. Very good. 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 Um, one of my questions is when I think of a lot of my women friends who are in their power, who are goddesses, a lot of times they have trouble, like if they're heterosexual, like attracting a man because the man's like threatened by the power of her divine feminine or masculine. You know, we obviously like have both. Um, but I'm just wondering, like, what's that experience since you are a powerful woman? Like, how has that been in your relationships with men? I mean, I've been scaring people, you know, for decades, right? Like, you know, like this is just something I'm kind of used to yeah. because I was very powerful in in my work in hollywood and it's really interesting this concept of masculine and feminine i don't love the words masculine and feminine because they 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 really genderize things but i don't have a better way to describe it yet um is we're taught what in order to be powerful as women right vulnerability is weak you don't want to be vulnerable um you have to kind of be like a man and that's where the disempowered bitch energy can really come in. It's women that are really like, we're trying to emulate power in a way that's a little bit more masculine, right? And I think that men who are really connected, um, you know, to themselves, who are conscious, uh, they typically are not afraid of women who are in their power. Mm-hmm. It's men who are operating, I think, you know, cause like this concept of disempowered and empowered, um, the way men have been taught and trained, very disempowering. Yeah. You know, for them as well. Just like, so their emotions, not allowed yeah, to be vulnerable. The, yeah. Humans are literally, we have been completely disconnected from our emotional capability our emotional fluency. We judge certain emotions as good versus bad. You know, like you're not supposed to feel these, you're supposed to feel these, but if you cut yourself off from any part of your emotions, you're cutting yourself off really from the full spectrum of all of the emotions. Right. And so when we're disconnected from ourselves, from when, when we are existing in parts, right. Mm -hmm. Um, we're not able, uh, I think to appreciate true female power because we have been so trained that it is not something that should exist. And, and, And it's really fascinating. If you look at the animal kingdom of which humans are part, even though we like to pretend that we're not, we are actually animals and we're wearing clothes, you know, this is not our natural state, you know, Um, and just the way that that we exist right now in the world. And so if we're uh, looking at how other animals behave, whether it's a female cheetah or a female squirrel, they are not training their young to be weak. They are not training female animals to be weak. They're not training them that way, right? They can be powerful. They can be fierce. Mm, love that. They, could, they can also be loving and nurturing and all that. We've been given this one really small spectrum of female uh, 
uh, I guess, embodiment or existence or experience. And that really falls kind of into the sort of, you, you even see it in the goddess culture, mm -hmm. right? There's one, like, there's like goddesses that are okay to be, like, you know what, like dark, I love dark goddess stuff, right? Like Kali, you know, um, you know, the, the powerful, you know, fierce goddesses, um, you know, versus the ones that are more of the, you know, Virgin Mary type of, of goddess, right? Like the mother, um, the nurturer, this soft, you know, energy, which is great and beautiful. And that's just one spectrum. So if you think about like the way we repress our emotions, right? These are bad emotions. These are good emotions. This is a good way to be a woman. This is the bad way to be a woman. There is no good and there's no bad. There just is all these different possibilities. And so it's stepping into um, that possibility. And I think, you know, it really depends on the man. You know, my partner, I literally had a conversation with him before I started doing this. I'm going to call myself a whore on the internet. He's like, really, do you have to? And I was like, yep. And he goes, okay. You know, like he, he's really supportive. Um, but not everybody is. Work, right? Yeah. So I think I answered your question. Um, yeah, I love that. Um, you know, one other thing that comes up for me and what has been an edge for me is the whole like selling piece with mm -hmm. cooking. And so since you have that like Hollywood closer background and because you embody this like amazing power, like what would you say about sales and selling? Okay, so this is the thing that's really fascinating to me, especially about, you know, coaching or any kind of work that you're doing with others. Uh, that could be... Um, makeup artistry it could be body work it could be intuitive work it could be coaching whatever it is um you're the brand you are the brand and that is terrifying mm -hmm. it is a whole you know i sold stuff for other people mm -hmm. in hollywood for years right i'm like so good at that stuff um and it's been a challenge for me to sell myself yeah how do I talk about myself? Yeah. You know, how do I, you know, how do I post about my work and separate myself from the number of likes or comments or whatever, right? Because it's like shifting also when you're shifting from personal posting to business posting and you're your brand and you're used to all your friends loving all your stuff. And then all of a sudden nobody's liking your stuff. We've been so trained to have this external validation, right? From, from everyone all the time. And it also happens in this work where you're standing up as your brand and you're selling yourself. And so it's really, I, I look at building a business as spiritual, as a spiritual practice. This is spiritual growth work, unlike anything other that I've done. So it's being able to separate your worth as a human being, when you're the brand from, does, do people like it or not? And that this is where mindset really comes in. Everything I'm doing is, is working. You know, everything I do makes me money. Like every post I write brings more of my clients to me. Whether anybody, sometimes I'm the only one that likes my own post. I always, I always, yeah. I always love my own posts. Cause sometimes I'm literally the only one. And it's like a metaphor for life. How can I like what I am standing for? How can I love what I'm doing even when nobody else gets it, right? 
Well, especially when you're in that revolutionary space, like I've got this sign here that says, I will not stay silent so you can stay comfortable, which it sounds like is a big part of your mission. And mm -hmm. so like people aren't necessarily going to like the revolution until there's like a certain lift of con consciousness to where people like get it enough where like it catches on and then, and then people are all about it, you know, but you have to exactly. like, hold that space um, and not fall victim to your own judgment or the people around you or the audience or whatever to stop you in your tracks. Because I think, you know, and if you want to get really witchy about it, I mean, I think that's kind of like the darkness coming in through these people that just haven't had their consciousness uplifted and they may not even know what they're doing, but they're like enforcing the status quo, which is not necessarily healthy. In fact, it's a lot of times it's very destructive and can be violent and, you know, that's why we have wars and all the things, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's, you know, this is a big deal. Like, this is a big deal. I call it the velvet revolution, right? This Ooh. is like the, the, the women's, mm -hmm. the women's uh, revolution. And I'm not coming, I mean, I am coming in heavy, like, you know, with what I'm doing, but I'm not coming in, you know, like, this isn't necessarily for me about hating on the patriarchy. This mm. is about waking up the matriarchy. This yeah. is about waking up the women to the reality because most of us are so deep in the conditioning and the programming that we don't even know it. And we shame each other. Like some of the best controllers of women are other women. Yes, totally. You know, and again, to use, you know, like tools of the patriarchy, right? Or tools of the dominator culture. It's like, we've been trained to tear each other down. Mm -hmm. We have been trained to, to be jealous of each other, to be competitive with each other. You know, like there's only so many women that are allowed to do so many things and we got to tear that bitch down so I can take her place. No, we just make the table bigger bitches. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's, how do we move from the, uh, the vibration of jealousy to the vibration of celebration. Every time I see a woman doing something that I want, and there's that immediate like, oh, I want that, you know? And then I go, nope, celebrate her, celebrate her, because I don't know how long she's been working at this. She's probably might have been doing this for the last 10 years and it's just finally working. You know, you've got to be okay in that in-between phase where you're creating the thing, where you're building the thing. And we get scared. We get scared that it's not working, you know, and, and we get scared that somebody else is getting the thing and it's going to mean that we don't like that scarcity mentality. Right. So, so powerful. And I like to use the example of like, if I have an orgasm, it's not limiting like your ability to have an orgasm. Right. But like, you know, we can look at a woman who looks like she has it all and is in her pleasure and is like all lit up. And, you know, if we get triggered by that, then that just means we want some of that for ourselves, you know, but just because she has it doesn't mean that I can't have it. You know, like we all have, we can all tap into our source and our empowerment and it's available to all of us, which I think that's like the, the really big revolutionary part of it. Um, so yeah, like tell us, you know, who do you love to work with? How can we work with you? Where do we find you? Like, tell us all of the goods there. I love working with bad bitches. I love it. I love working with women who are powerful. I really like one of the things I would love so much is really to work with women who are, you know, women who already look like they have the things who already look like they're powerful. Cause I guarantee you there's more power in there and I can bring it out. Right. You know, it's like, I'm obsessed with female power. Right. And, and it's like a lot of women who come to me are like witches, you know, who are like, I really want to talk about this thing, but I'm afraid like they're, you know, 
they're afraid or they really want to connect with their, um, they're like, I want to connect with whore. Like the two most common ones, actually, no, it's like every woman's different, but so it's like, I think every woman has a, a witch bitch whore blueprint, a unique witch bitch whore blueprint. And, you know, so it's really looking at which of the areas are you disempowered, empowered, where do we need to kind of build it up? And I don't even have to work with those archetypes, right? I like to, um, but it's really working with women. I like badasses, you know, I like powerful women so I can power them up even more, you know, because we need more women in this work, waking up more women, you know, because we have to, like the balance of the world lies, you know, the fate of the world is in our hands, basically, um, I believe, because it hasn't gotten fixed. Um, so it's time for us to fix it. So really powerful women. I love it. I also like working with women who are not yet in their power and helping them step out of the spiritual broom closet and into the light. Um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm witch bitch whore. Um, I'm on Facebook as Amy Larbody. I have a Facebook group called witch bitch whore, um, where we do reclamation work in there. It's a safe space that I'm creating for women to really get to explore. Um, these areas. Um, so those are the places you can find me right now. I'm getting my website up, which is witchbitchwar.com. Uh, so that's where you can find me. That's amazing. I just wanted to bring up, you know, one of the big parts of my spiritual awakening was getting um, really uh, learning about like Mary Magdalene energy. And so like, I personally believe, and there's schools of thought that say that like, she was actually like married to Jesus and there's this whole lineage and that she, after he died, he, she took over his like revolution. And then like what happened <laughs> was she got called a whore, right? So like case in point um, that, you know, I think that's just like something that's been used to, to tear women down um, while at the same time, like, you know, things like sexual violence have been going on forever and we don't talk about those things. And, you know, and so, and we often blame the victims of those things. And so it's like, you know, to really, I feel so like excited about your work because like, once you take the sting out of those things, like it really is like limitless and women can expand and they can see through, like you said, those weapons of these names that have been used to shame us and silence us and to hold us back. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, again, you know, the more that I, you know, work into this and, and I have some, uh, one of my friends, her name's Brianna uh, Lynn, and she was the one that, you know, originally did the coaching coven. And she has like this amazing historical knowledge. She does some epic podcasts, you know, with the history of, of, you know, which, uh, and, and again, this is Eurocentric. I just want to be clear, like, this is the Eurocentric experience of which, you know, there is, you know, there are African witches, there are Asian witches, there are Middle Eastern witch, I mean, there's witches all over, right? And most of them are underground. <laughs> because some people, you know, some women are still killed for that, you know, some women are still killed um, over, you know, sexual, impropriety right like mercy killings that happen all over the world like women are still killed for these words um and you know it the i believe also that you know witch and bitch and whore are denigrated aspects of female form of god right you know of goddess mm -hmm. um and so this is literally something that's been going on forever and and mary magdalene i mean there's a lot of women that really study i mean that, you know, there's mystery schools around, uh, around her. And it's, it goes back at least 2000 years, if not longer, 
Um, you know, how long has the sexual violence been going on? How long has the physical violence against women been going and women and children, frankly, right? Yes, um, yes. And, other, and, and other men too, right? Like, I mean, the, the whole concept of domination, power over. You're so right about that. And even like you know? supremacy and some of those things, it's power over. And it's a very narcissistic thing. It comes from a lack of, you know, security and love within yourself, you know, to that you have to dominate people to feel okay. Like we really, I mean, and that's like what I think I'm big on like the divine feminine revolution, which I really think is happening in the sense that like, you know, we're creating, restoring and creating like equity and safety and inclusion and self-expression and diversity for people. Everyone can just be who they are and that it's safe to do that. And I think that's like the revolutionary work that's being done. And you're certainly, you know, in your face, like aspect of that and, you know, reclaiming those words that have caused so much like violence and suffering and silence. It's so powerful. And you're so freaking brave. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) It's, I mean, it's fun. Like, and and sometimes I really, I get scared. You know, I look like this, you know, I can be this real big, powerful energy, but there are days I'm literally sobbing, you know, because I'm so terrified to do what, what I'm doing because there's so much of that, um, you know, ancestral conditioning. And I think another piece that's really important for everybody, um, you know, it's not my, my personal specialty, but I'm, you know, and I'm getting really educated in, you know, decolonization, Mm -hmm. um, and anti-racism and getting really clear about how that, uh, the the colonization um, programming that you know basically anybody who's of European descent has, and then pretty much anybody who's in a country where people of European descent run experiences it because colonization um, was such a huge thing for centuries, and you know touched pretty much every single aspect of Earth, and that concept of power over. I mean, this goes back like forever, you know, like Roman times, like Genghis Khan, you know, like conquering other peoples and, you know, taking them over and forcing them, you know, to submit, whether it's religiously, economically, physically, it doesn't matter. Um, And so this is like some really deep conditioning that's also part of it. And the more that I look at decolonization, you know, the more I'm starting to ask questions, you know, with regard to how do we decolonize which? How do we decolonize bitch? You know, and how do we decolonize horror? Like, how do we decolonize sexuality? How do we decolonize, like, you know, magic? Absolutely. And, you know, going back to what's natural before colonization came, and a lot of that was magic. A lot of that was, like, being tribal, like, being in our communities, having safety, having equality between the masculine and the feminine energy and so you know when I think of colonization it almost like the word doesn't do it justice because I mean essentially what it is is like war power and takeover right and it's domination it's been so infused into everything that we know that it's hard to imagine what it truly means to be free you know um and so I feel like that's the work that you're doing is so powerful yeah it's a question that I ask you know who would I be if I was born free so everybody the Witch Bitch Whore Collective, and I would love to continue this discussion because there's so much, so much in it. We could just talk for hours about it, but thank you so much for everything that you've had, um, and I'll definitely be jumping in that community for sure. Um, so yeah. Thank you for being a powerful woman. I so appreciate it. Thank you so much for this. I loved every minute of this conversation. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. 
make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Want to keep the conversation flowing? Find us on Facebook at the Divine Feminine Revolution Facebook group, where revolutionary women gather to listen to their hearts, monetize their gifts, and change the world.